Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show, the one that will inspire you to get into the Bible and help you understand it. It's my goal to be relatable and authentically leave you refreshed as you listen to the Soul H2O devotion. This week, my intention is to help open your eyes up to see how important what you let in your eyes is on episode 135, Your Mind's Eye. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can download them during this song to use with today's devotion, which is a good long one with just me and no guest. You can even use them for your personal devotions. Find the journal pages on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 135. After the first music pick song, we'll dive into today's Soul H2O devotion. But for now, I hope you're going to enjoy this song that's a little bit country, a little bit rock, and a fun one to get up and dance to. Here's New Creation by Mac Powell. Growing up, I watched a lot of soap operas. Really, too many. It all started this one summer when my babysitter Elizabeth was addicted to soap operas and she passed her obsession on to me. We watched one soap opera after another, starting with All My Children at 1 p.m., One Life to Live at 2, General Hospital at 3, and I would hope mom wouldn't come home early so I could watch The Young and the Restless at 4 with Elizabeth. That summer, I was the whitest kid in the neighborhood from staying inside every afternoon. For years, I watched these shows, and the highlight of all soap opera watching happened in the 80s with Luke and Laura on General Hospital. Television, no 8- or 18-year-old should have been watching. I'd probably fall right back into that addiction if I let myself start watching them again. You get emotionally drawn in. When you're watching people's relationships, you watch people fall in love, break up, get married, have kids, get divorced, or meet kids they never knew they had. There are common circulating themes in every soap opera. A strange but common plot line for soap operas has always been when someone gets amnesia or when a character ends up having an accident, which puts them into a coma that often leads to amnesia. With the actor or actress laying in bed, you often hear secrets being shared to this mostly motionless character. Although so many were not great actors and you could see them moving. This is when a soap opera can keep an actress silent for months at a time while people spill the beans over her lifeless body. But at some point, you'd see a doctor coming into the room and shining a bright light into the actor or actress's eyes to clarify that that person was truly in a coma. In real life, this simple eye test can reveal so much about the health of a patient. If the patient's pupil, the black part of your eyes, dilates, the doctor knows there's brain activity. If a doctor performs this eye test on a person, but there's no dilation of the pupils and other eye functions are not present, along with some reflexes not present, the diagnosis of brain dead is made. No reaction to light reveals the mind is no longer working. Four out of the nine symptoms in determining if a person is brain dead are tests of the eye. Light reacting in your eye is a good thing, while darkness reveals death. 
When a patient is alive, doctors can see health and disease when they perform an ophthalmological exam on the pupils of a person's eye. They're able to pinpoint certain diseases like high blood pressure or other heart issues, some cancers, brain or eye tumors, diabetes, certain thyroid problems, skin diseases, some autoimmune diseases. They can even see the strength or weakness of your immune system through your eyes. They can see all of this and so much more. The Salan Vision Optometry site talks about how the eye is a beautiful organ and it is the only place in the human body where a doctor can see a part of the central nervous system, the optic nerve. It's no wonder Jesus encouraged you to pay attention to the health of your eyes. Matthew records him in chapter 6 verses 22 to 23 of his gospel saying, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Jesus is explaining here how your eyes bring light into your body. They're the only window from the outside world to the inner parts of you. And as we've discussed, you can see so much of the inner man or woman from a person's eyes. When I started researching Jesus' words in the original Greek, it gave a deeper understanding to what he was trying to convey. And some of our modern translations miss the mark on this verse. The NIV is a little off in its translation because it pluralizes the word I in Matthew 6, 22 to 23. The word ophthalmos in Greek is properly translated I, not eyes. It's not the plural form in the original, so the ESV translation I read at first better represents what Jesus actually said. But that made me question, why does this verse not use the plural for eyes? Wouldn't it make sense to say if your eyes are healthy, your whole body is healthy? So I drilled down a little deeper into the strongest concordance of the word I in this verse and saw its meaning can be I or the mind's eye. The mind's eye is another way of saying your soul. The mind's eye in its original is used throughout Jesus' teaching. He's really saying that your eyes are the lamp for people to see into your soul, which makes me think of the saying, the eyes are the window to your soul. This common phrase is often quoted when you look at someone and their whole face tells the story of their feelings. It's what people used to call your countenance. Your countenance can be happy, sad, mad, elated, grumpy, hesitant, confused, cautious, nervous. Really, any emotion you can feel, your countenance will show. It's not one particular aspect of your facial features or facial expressions. The whole face sends a message, but the eyes are usually the biggest talker. Proverbs 21:24 talks about someone with haughty eyes, and I'm sure your mind immediately remembers seeing someone revealing a proudful attitude through their eyes. So where did this saying, the eyes are the window to your soul, come from? History confirms the saying in its current form became popular in the early 1800s. Many sources attribute the quote to Shakespeare, but it's not a line from one of his plays and it's never specified when he said it, just that he did. If it was Shakespeare or whomever it was, you can't help but assume their words were inspired by a few other sources on the topic. 
a generation before Shakespeare lived, Leonardo da Vinci said, the eye, the window of the soul, is the chief means whereby the understanding can most fully and abundantly appreciate the infinite works of nature, and the ear is second. Da Vinci's words could have been inspired by the Bible that he studied, and the verses in Matthew 6 we're talking about, or philosopher Cicero, who said, the countenance is the portrait of the soul, and the eyes mark its intention. Cicero also said, disasters of the soul are more dangerous and more numerous than those of the body. The saying, your eyes are the window to your soul, conveys the idea that you can read someone's emotions or even know what they're thinking by looking straight into their eyes, and it's often true. That's why people try to look away when they're sad or mad, hide their eyes when they're feeling shame. Whether it's sadness or joy, the state of your soul can be seen when people look into your eyes and see the state of your mind's eye. Just Stay on top of our latest updates with our exclusive newsletter, Living Joyfully. Sign up now and never miss an announcement, a testimonial, or a devotion. Become a joyful insider when you join our newsletter by visiting joyradio.ca. Don't wait. Subscribe today. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. In the first segment of the show, we were talking about Matthew 6, 22 to 23, where Jesus is talking about your mind's eye, your soul. He said, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your mind's eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your mind's eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Eyes are a very sensitive and delicate part of your body. My eyes are so light sensitive, I have to wear sunglasses. They're not just a fashion option. People take protective measures to keep their eyes working optimally. If you don't, you can end up with injury to your eyes, infections, burns, allergic reactions, or risk losing your sight. That's why people wear distance or farsighted glasses, bifocals, trifocals, computer blue light glasses, ski goggles, swim masks, sunglasses, or safety goggles. Mechanics, gardeners, construction workers, and even writers like me all need to wear protective glasses to keep our eyes healthy. Eye health is that important because eyes are so powerful. Seeker, a science-based online TV and podcast site, explains how the resolution of a high-end digital camera is about 24 megapixels, whereas scientists estimate that the human eye can process the equivalent of 52 to hundreds of megapixels if you're to take into account our entire field of vision. When you consider all the human eye does all day, all on autofocus without having to fiddle with shutter speed, f-stop, ISO, it's hard not to look at the capability of the human eye and not be completely awed. Your eyes are exponentially better than the best camera or video camera out there. Psalm 139 verses 13 to 14 is right. You 
are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your eyes are incredible. They are duly powered. They let you see out and also give others a window into the state of your soul. Protecting what your eyes see helps you protect your body, your soul, and your spirit. Making sure your eyes that lead to your soul are healthy is so important. Jesus' words in Matthew 6, 22-23 make that clear, and so do John's in 3 John 1, verse 2, that says, Beloved, I pray that you prosper concerning all things and to be in good health just as your soul prospers. So, how do you protect your soul, your mind's eye, so it prospers? Well, first, don't keep looking at useless things. In Psalm 119.37, the psalmist asks God for help when he says, Turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. Give me life in your ways. As a young mom, I had to learn to stop watching soap operas. I had to start living out Psalm 119.37 and stop looking at these worthless shows. The obsession with watching other people's lives who seem to have better clothes, nicer homes, and faster cars left me feeling dissatisfied with what I had. Watching them live life lulled me so I didn't need to live mine. Choosing to stay inside and watch their fictitious lives really inhibited me from living my best life. Second, to protect your mind's eye, don't look at sinful things that make you stumble. Jesus loved hyperbole teaching. You know, when you exaggerate for the sake of emphasis. Parents use this method all the time when they say things like, Well, if Susie jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? No parent is actually meaning to tell their kid to jump off a bridge. Matthew twice records such teachings by Jesus as it relates to your eye. The first in Matthew 5, 27 to 29, while teaching on adultery, Jesus said, You have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Jesus' second hyperbole type teaching about the eye comes from Matthew 18, 7 and 9, as he applies this principle to another situation when he said, Woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the internal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Now, I do not believe for one minute Jesus was instructing you to physically cut your hand or your leg off, nor was he telling you to gouge out your eyeball. But I do think he's trying to help you understand the gravity of how important it is that you don't allow your eyes to look at anything that's going to cause you to stumble in life or cause you to sin. What you allow yourself to look at will affect your inner health physically spiritually, and deep in your soul. Genesis 3, 6 is a telling tale of how our eyes can lead us into sin as it says, 
When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Have you ever seen a big juicy piece of fruit and wanted to eat it? That happens to me all the time. Sadly for Eve, her eyes locked onto the one and only fruit she wasn't supposed to eat. Whether it was an apple, peach, plum, or pomegranate, this fruit was pleasing to the eye, good for you, and made you desire it. Her inability to overcome the desires of the eye is what's gotten us all in trouble to this day. Job shares how serious he was in taking control of what he looked on. In Job 31.1, he said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a woman. Now, that doesn't always sound like the easiest thing to control. Maybe the next thing you can do to protect your mind's eye is to put on eye protection when needed. Maybe you need to enlist some help here. We live in a day and age when our option to see pretty much anything is at our fingertips, connected to our phones. You might need to protect your eyes by removing some apps or installing an app on your phone, tablet, TV, or computer that blocks you from seeing unhealthy things that could pull you into addictions or just some unhealthy habits. If you want your eye to be healthy, like it says in Matthew 6, the responsibility lies with you. You are the guard for your eyes. Sure, others can help and provide accountability to bolster your commitment to clean viewing, but no one can be there 24-7 but God. Thankfully, you're not alone in the job of guarding your eyes. God is with you. He is for you. And he promises to never leave you and never forsake you. Even when you look on the wrong things. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can wisely discern what is okay and what's not okay to let your eyes see. Lastly, to protect your mind's eye, look at the right things. And this is the most important thing. In Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, God encourages you and says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, your soul, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Be careful to make sure you don't lose sight of God's words. Read them, write them out. Talk to friends about them, listen to them, and memorize them. If you want your eyes, your soul, your mind's eye to be healthy, look at the right things. I challenge you to follow through on my points for protecting your soul, your mind's eye, so it prospers. Don't keep looking at useless things or sinful things that make you stumble. Put on eye protection when needed and enlist others to help you be accountable. And most importantly, look 
at the right things. Keep your eyes on Jesus and his word. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 135, Your Mind's Eye. Make sure to check out the show notes for scripture graphics and links to anything mentioned in the show at soulh2o.com slash 135. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family. Take a screen capture while you're listening on your device and share on your social media to help spread the word. Until next week, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.